morning, church. My name is Jeremy Lindsay. I'm the campus pastor uh, the Millen Campus. And uh, just so you didn't know it, today is Redneck Day at Connection Church. Bo's baptizing and I'm preaching. I'm glad somebody's excited today. I'm a, I, I grew up in an atmosphere where I like to be told uh, straight how it is. And that's kind of how I preach. So if I offend any of you in any way, please feel free to email me at johnurban at connectionchurch.com. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here today with you guys. I tell you what, this past year has been an exciting year for me. Um, it's been a lot of challenges. Been a lot of good stuff and been a lot of bad stuff. But through it all, God's been faithful. Amen. What I love about our church is that it's real. It's real people doing real life, pursuing a real God. One thing that God really done in my heart is that when I first started following Christ, like really following Jesus, is that I was looking for something real. I was tired of the fakeness. I was tired of, the, of just the people that are looking like they're following Jesus, but, but they're not. I was tired of that. I was tired of religion. What I love about our church is that our church reaches out to those that nobody else wants. Our church goes to those, we want people that are jacked up, amen? We want people that are messed up. Because when you're jacked up and you're messed up, you really realize how much you need Jesus. And when I, man, I tell you this past year, we, we've, we've seen so many things. I've seen so many awesome things God's doing, but he's done it in the people's lives that they realize they're messed up. This series that we're going through called Scandalous really touches my heart because it's really just speaking against religion. People are just settling for coming and going through those doors. Let me tell you something. I serve a Jesus that transforms lives, not just want you to come to church on Sunday. And it's time for us as the church to realize we got to quit being religious. We got to start following Jesus because religion turns people away from Christ. Religion turns people. Let me tell you, religion sends people to hell. Jesus redeems. Amen. I'm going to preach in just a minute. I promise. I'm excited. I drank a Red Bull. I probably shouldn't have this morning. We're fixing to play a video, and I want you to understand, this video shows a man that had lived his whole life in religion, and he'd never really seen what it truly meant to follow Christ until a group from this church went to Poland. And he just happened, he was there working, he was from Poland, and he's seen a difference in their life, he's seen a difference in the way they pursued God. They actually prayed in public. They actually talked about Jesus, and it set him back, and he ended up having been able to come to Stakesboro and, and meeting Brandon again for the second time. And God changed his life when he truly seen what it really meant to follow Christ, not just be religious, not just go to church, but to truly have a relationship with God, what that looks like, and it transformed his life. Now check out this video, and then we'll get started. My experience with the church began when I was growing up in Poland. My parents sent me to church and I attended catechesis. It felt much like regular school in that I got grades for my knowledge of religious topics. I remember there was a misunderstanding when I got bad grades for not remembering my prayers as was part of catechesis. All my life I've been a rebel. I was very into punk culture and I even had a mohawk. 
I use the same rebel spirit in my relationship with an institutional church because I saw its intrusion into my life as limiting. That in turn unfortunately affected my relationship with God and Jesus and made it more distant. As I grew older, I encountered God and Jesus, but I never went to Mass. I took my children to Mass because my conscience told me it was the right thing to do. But I often did not accept the politics or what I encountered in the church. Often I felt lost and like I couldn't find myself. I made several mistakes and hurt many people that I cared about. This left me feeling lonely and empty inside. I didn't really communicate directly with Brandon because of the language barrier, but I looked at the group as a collective entity, and something amazing that I noticed was that the team prayed before the game. I got to join in on the prayer as they were thanking God for the trip and for safe travels back home. I came to Statesboro and began to meet people here, and I saw a different face of the church. When I encountered Brandon again at Mill Creek Park, I did not know who he was at the time. As we were talking, I couldn't speak English well, so I wanted to end the conversation as quickly as possible. But Brandon managed to explain to me that he was a coach and a pastor at a church. I was restless not being able to remember who Brandon was. I looked through all of the pictures from Poland and I was finally able to identify him as one of the parents that came on the trip. As I thought back about my experience with the team in Poland, I was really impressed by how close their relationship to God was and how they prayed before every game. Because of this encounter, I started reading and understanding the Bible. Through this, I began to think more and more about going to visit Brandon at the church. This is how my adventure with Connection Church started. My first experience at Connection was a very profound one. As I began to come each week, I grew more and more into believing how important my personal connection to God was. It was something of a miracle that regardless of the language barrier, I felt and understood what was going on. The Holy Spirit was working in my life and giving me faith that I had never had before. The most impactful thing for me was when the pastor would talk about his personal life, his wife, his kids, his everyday life. This is very different from what we encountered in the Catholic Church where we have priests, 
presumably whose life is very different from ours. As I was waiting to be baptized, it really felt like when I used to be a parachute jumper. It felt like being on an airplane waiting to jump out. My heart was beating and it was such a rush. When my head went under the water, I saw light. When my head came out of the water, I didn't know where I was or what was going on. I felt displaced, but it was a wonderful feeling of displacement. It really felt like I was being born again. Upon returning, I would like God to help me organize a similar church in Poland. I'm going to share my experience with my friends and family back home. I want people I love in Poland to experience this close connection to God that I feel now. I really do think Connection Church is for the people. I think that's the only time I've watched it I hadn't cried yet. I tell you, um, I love the fact that what he said is that when he had an encounter with Brandon, he seen Jesus real for the first time. We walk through life thinking that life is about us. Religion fools us in thinking that it's all about us. But when we're truly in a relationship with Jesus, we realize that our life is not about us. Amen. And we start looking for everything to be an encounter. And I'm looking, are you, when people encounter you every day, are they, are they seeing Jesus or are they just seeing a dead, dying religious person that comes to church and sits on a pew every week? Church, I want to tell you, God's called us to be the light of the world. Amen. And if we're going to be the light of the world, we've got to step out of our comfort zone and be the light. Not just say, I go to this church, I go to that church. People should know that you're a follower of Jesus without you even opening your mouth. Amen. Just because y'all don't know how this works with me, y'all got to talk to me. If not, we'll be here until 2 o'clock, all right? <laughs> we got to talk. You got to talk to me. Talk back to me. What I love about that video, though, is that it really shows a man that had been jaded by religion. He's seen, he's seen people coming in and out of the doors. He had been caught up in the routine of just going to church, and it had never really transformed his life. See, religion doesn't transform you. It just, you just come and go out those doors, and you're never really changed. And that's why, that's why we're in such a state we're in in, in in South Georgia, in America right now. It's because there's a lot of people that are religious, but there's very few true people that are following Jesus. Because if we're really following Jesus, things would change. Amen? If everyone in this room right now was truly following Jesus, this room would be packed out with people. We'd have to have services all weekend long. They would want to know, what do you have that I don't? Religion makes us settle. But a true relationship with Jesus always leaves us hungry for more. Turn with me to Mark chapter uh, 3, if you will. As you're turning, uh, I pray you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, 
uh, we'll have one at the next steps table. Please get one. We want to give everybody a, a copy of God's Word. If you don't have the Bible with you, uh, it'll be on the screen here. What I think people don't understand is Jesus sets all of us up for success. Jesus sets the church up for success. But we've got to walk with him, amen? We've got to walk with God. See, religion kills all that success. Religion's kind of like a buzzkill. It just kills it. I want to tell you, when I first started walking with God, I felt something I'd never felt before. And I'm preaching to you as a, as a as I was a dying man one day, one time. I went to church every single week. There was no change in my life. There was no change in, in who I was or what I did. I was just the same drunk that went to church every week. I partied every weekend. I, I cussed like a sailor during the week, but yet I, I said I was a religious person. I said I was a follower of Christ. And the whole time, I was making Jesus look bad. Until I finally, finally, God finally took the blinders off. My hard head finally understood what it meant to follow Jesus. It wasn't about going to church. It wasn't about coming through a door. It was about surrendering my life and following him. And until you do that, you will never know peace. You will never know security. You will never know what it means to live a life with purpose. Because I was always looking for something else. I was always looking for something else. And if you're not careful, you'll be coming in and out of those doors, and you'll be looking at other people like, what you doing here? Come on, y'all act like y'all ain't never done that. Come on. Y'all, y'all, if you're not careful, you're looking at people with this religious spirit because, come on. And when people are really starting to follow God, when people are really starting to, the spirit's moving on somebody, then you want to be like, oh, they want them holy rollers. Look at that. They're trying to just show out. Look at that. No, they just really got it, and you ain't got a clue. Because that's how it was with me. I came back from a men's conference. I was at my church, and I was like, ooh, praise you, Jesus. And I looked around, and everybody was like looking at me like crazy. In a Baptist church, that man's raising his hand. What is wrong with him? <laughs> but when you really understand what Jesus Christ has done for you, man, I'll tell you what, I'll stand in the middle of Walmart raise my hands and praise God. Because I know how far I was and what God brought me through. Let's get to the text. I mean, I can preach all day. Matthew chapter, I mean, Mark, sorry. Mark chapter 2, verse 23 is where we're going to start. It says, on the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And he answered, have you never read what David did? When he and his companions were hungry and in need. In the, na- in the days of Abathar, the priest, he entered the house of God and ate the con- consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. I'm going to stop right there for a second. You see, in that text, the religious people, the Pharisees that day, they were just looking for something to accuse Jesus of. See, religion just is ready to accuse somebody. Religion just wants to point out people's problems, people's things. But let me tell you something. Somebody that's really walking with God, you want to walk alongside somebody that's struggling. Amen? You, want to, you, want to, you have compassion on those that are in a bad way. And see, the problem with the church today is just like the prophet Isaiah said. He says in the last days, people have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power thereof. We come to church painting a picture that we are holy and we're righteous and we're following God, but our lives are not changed. 
And yet, so we're robbing God of his power. We're robbing people of, of seeing God's power manifested through us. Because when we change, when people see a drunk going to a sanctified follower of Jesus Christ, they say there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? When people see somebody that's addicted to drugs be delivered from those things and start following Christ, they say there's power in the name of Jesus. But yet we see those type of people and we're like, you know what? Maybe you need to come to church and you get clean. Maybe you need to come to church when, when you don't have a problem. Maybe you need to clean up. Religion says you got to clean yourself up before you come in. And Jesus says, come as you are. I love you. And I want to help change you and transform you. And we got to be that church. God, that's, that's, that's what when, when the burden that God put on Brandon's heart when he planted the church so many years ago, and the same thing when he planted on my heart when we were going to plant the church in Millen, I want to reach people that are jacked up that I don't want them to get cleaned up first. I want to reach them where they are, show them the goodness of God, and bring them in and watch God do an amazing work in their life. So many times we are just like the Pharisees. We forget what God brought us out of, so then we're looking to call people out on their sins. Not out of love, but out of condemnation. And this is some hard stuff this morning because y'all looking at me all mean, but I'm just saying. That's how it is. And I, the reality of things is religion puts this focus on me. Religion elevates me. Look at me. Look how good I am. Look how holy I am. I didn't do this. I hadn't done that. It's all about me. It puts the focus on you. But a relationship with Jesus Christ takes the focus off of you and puts it all on Jesus. It's, I can't do this without him. My life is centered on Christ. A true relationship with Jesus Christ means I'm following Jesus, not, not that I'm following the rules. Because if I'm following Jesus, I'm going to follow the rules. Amen? See, God's calling us as a church to step out of this religious spirit that we're walking in and walk in a spirit of freedom and walk in a spirit that's saying, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. That's what God's calling us to be, church. The Pharisees were so focused on what the disciples were doing that they didn't even realize the mission that they had. There's so many people come to church and they're so focused on the things that people are doing wrong and they're not focused on the mission that the church really has. Come on. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Y'all tracking with me? Come on. We're ready to point people out. Oh, I know where they was at last night. I know. This is a hospital, amen? This is a place of refuge. If you're sick, you're supposed to come. But let me tell you about the hospital. You don't go to the hospital and leave without taking your medicine. Yeah, that's it. Well, some people do. Let me back that up. Some people, y'all need to be take your medicine, all right? But that's the thing. The reality of a hospital is you come in, you get treated, and you leave. When you come into this place, I hope you realize that you're sick with sin, and you can't, you can't be cured without the blood of Jesus Christ. And the only way that you're going to walk out of here and be cured is you've got to accept the medicine that God's trying to give you. And you got to walk out of here, and you got to take it every single day. I had to take mine multiple times a day. I can't just take mine once, all right? I, I, I'm jacked up. I got, I'm bad off. i got to take it more than one time. i got to read it in the morning. i got to read it in the middle of the day, and i got to read it in the afternoon. If not, I might get off track. Some of y'all are high maintenance, just like me. You don't want to admit it right now. Are you taking the medicine? Are you just coming because you want people to think you're getting treated, but you're not? See, the church is powerless because us as Christians are powerless. We're not walking in, in, in the ways of God. We're walking in our own ways and masking it with the, with the label of the church. We can ride around with connection sticker on our cars all we want to, but the way we drive and the way we act, does it show that we really love Jesus? I had to preach that to my wife yesterday in Augusta. <laughs> she was like, get off, take that, take that sticker off the back of the car. And she's not here for this service, so I can say that. But... 
I'm telling you, the way we act and what we do shows more who we follow than what we say. Amen? We can say we're, we're a part of Connection Church. We can say we're a part of this church or that church. It don't matter what church you're a part of. It matters is, are you following Christ? The Pharisees were all about showing that they were holy and they were religious, but their life was dead. They were all about following the rules, but they didn't have any compassion toward anybody. It was a members-only club, and they didn't want anybody else in. And a follower of Jesus Christ wants everybody to encounter the blessings that God has given them. Amen. You see, what I read, what, what, what trips me out at the beginning of this is verse 23 says, On the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. On the Sabbath, on the day of rest. That, that's what they got all messed up about. That's what they got jacked up about. It was the day of rest, and they were out there picking grain because they were hungry. But they were mad that they were violating the day of rest, but they were talking to the only one that could give them rest. You hear what I'm saying? I want to tell you a little secret. Jesus is the only person that can give you rest. Jesus is the only one that's going to give you peace. Jesus is the only one that's going to take and clean up the mess you're in right now. And a lot of times we keep trying to hold on to this control. We're trying to manage our own life. And if we would just give God the reins, he could do so much more. And I'm speaking from experience because I'm a hard-headed man. And if Sabrina was here, she'd be the first one to say amen. But I'm telling you, I'm hard-headed. But it's taking God to say, Jeremy, you can't be in control. you got to give it to me. I tried to quit drinking I don't know how many times. That's a part of my testimony, and, I, and, and I'm going to keep telling people about it because a lot of people bound by drugs and addiction, and they don't think they can be free from it. I'm, I'm a testimony right here that if you want to get rid of it, God can take care of it. I was sitting there bound by addiction, bound by alcohol, couldn't get rid of it, couldn't. I, I kept going back to it when things got hard. I could manage it for a little while, but when things got bad, I'd always go back. See, there's sin in your life that when things get hard, you always go back to it. Unless you really are truly following Christ. And I got tired of going back to addiction. I prayed and I fasted and I said, God, deliver me from this addiction. And he did. He did. He took the desire away. He took the taste away. I didn't go through no 10-step program. I went through a five-day fasting program. And I got through fasting and God removed it from me. You know why? I would still be addicted. I'd still be bound if I didn't get tired of not pleasing God. My God is the only one that can give you rest this morning. My God is the only one that can deliver you from the problems you're in. We walk as a defeated people all the time. We're walking through life just constantly being beat down by life. And we're, and we're, and we're I mean, why would anybody want to follow Christ by the way you're acting? How are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm good. Life's just beating me down. I mean, come on. We serve a risen Savior that defeated death. Amen? We should be excited. We should be happy. My God rose from the dead. Some of y'all need to rise from the dead this morning. Y'all need to smile. Come on. We're talking about Jesus this morning. Come on. I got one amen section right here. I'm going to preach right here to you guys. Y'all ready? <laughs> we're talking about Jesus this morning. He's the one that can give you rest. And what's crazy is they were walking through the grain fields. What really spoke to me the most, they were walking through this grain field. They were hungry. They were walking through this grain field hungry. And what the Pharisees got so mad about wasn't the fact that they picked up the grain. It was the fact that they took it and did their hands like this because they constituted that as work to be able to get the grain out of the seat, out of there so they could eat it. How many people are coming in? Are go, how many people are going through the fields of life every single day hungry? And they come by you every single day and you leave them hungry. 
God's called us to be the light of the world, church. Not us in the church, but he's called you to be the light of the world. He's called you to be the light of the world at work, at the family, at the family reunion, praise God. At every place that, that you go, he's called you to be the light of the world. Not just show up to church on Sunday. And what kills me is there's so many people that are hungry. I met with the guy yesterday. I went to the jailhouse yesterday, met with the guy, and I, I was sitting there, I was talking to him, and I was like, man, what's, what's going on? He's like, I don't know, I was doing this, this, and next thing you know, I got hooked on meth, and, and now I'm here. I was like, well, what about Jesus? Oh, man, I, you know, I know him. It was more like, I know him. He was in DT, scratching and carrying on. And I was like, well, what's going on? What do you mean you know him? He's, well, I've been to Sunday school. My mom and daddy go to church. You know, I know him. I was like, no, you don't know Jesus. Because if you knew Jesus, you wouldn't have turned to this. You would have turned to him. And he was sitting there looking for hope, and nobody would give him any hope. Nobody would give him any, any, anything. He was sitting there just begging for something. And I sat down and shared Jesus with him. And he was like, thank you. You're the only person that's came in here and actually acted like I was a human being and loved me and cared about me. Thank you for that. I'm going back to see him tomorrow. People are looking for us to care, not for our life to be revolving around us. We should be looking for opportunities to share the gospel. There's people that are hungry to see it real in your life, church. You can make a difference where you are, but you've got to do it. Religion says just come to church. Just go to connect group. Just come and serve. That's all you need to do. It, that isn't what my Bible says. My Bible says we're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be making a difference everywhere we go. Why aren't we doing that? Because if not, we're hung up in this religious spirit. We're hung up in this religious atmosphere. It's all about religion and not about Christ. Let me tell you, my Bible doesn't say that religion saves you, does it? Come on. Any of y'all read your Bible? Does your Bible say that religion saves you? Who's, what saves you? All right. Sunday school did work when y'all were kids. Jesus does save. Jesus is the only one that saves. Religion doesn't. So why do we come in thinking that as long as I check these boxes off and I'm good to go, then I can go out and make a difference? You're not going to make a difference unless you're truly walking with Christ. I never made a difference. All I did was turn people away from Jesus. I got family members that seen me going to, they would see me at the bar on Friday night and Saturday night, and then they see my truck at church on Sunday, and they thought that's what following Jesus looked like. And I've had to go to many of them and apologize and say, you know what? I was living a lie the whole time. I was a schizophrenic Christian. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So many times we lie. Y'all laugh, but that's the reality. One minute we're like, oh, holy Jesus. The next minute we're over here cussing and carrying on. And the world's like, what's wrong with them people? You need to make up your mind what you're doing. Either you're going to serve Jesus or you're not. And religious people are on the fence and they paint this picture that you can live wrong and die right. And that's not what my word says. That's not what God's word says. See, religion will always leave you bankrupt. Religion will always leave you empty. You, if you come in and out of this place every single week and there's no change, you just practice religion and you're not getting filled by the Holy Spirit. Because I came to church every week. Every Sunday I came to church. A lot of times I was still hung over, but it was more about religion than it was about following Jesus Christ. And when Jesus revealed that to me, when I felt this Holy Spirit just burning inside of me, I finally realized what I've been missing all those years. And I wish I could go back and take it. People want to know why I preach, why I yell, because I want you to get it. 
I want you to understand there's more to this than just coming to a church service. Jesus Christ is the only one that can give you fulfillment in life. He's the only one that can change you. He's the only one that can give you a purpose in which and live. I came in and out of church every single week just like thinking it was a waste of time. And it was because I was worried about my agenda instead of God's agenda. How many of you have been coming in and out of here every single week unchanged, unfulfilled? Today's the day for redemption. Today's the day to change. Today's the day to give that to God instead of just being religious all the, day, all the time. I will always remember the day that I walked into a church service with my religious attitude and I checked out with Jesus Christ. And I yearn for you guys to feel that same passion, that same desire. I see people all the time that are just broken by life. And, when, and, and, then, and then when they finally get it, it's like the next time I see them, it's like they're a different person. They're, they're smiling. I hadn't seen you smile in 10 years. What's going on? Man, Jesus has been speaking to me this morning. Like, amen, brother, that's what I'm talking about. The church, people see us. I mean, I want to tell you, when I went to my church, when I got saved, when I truly got saved, I was looking around like, ain't none of y'all saved. <laughs> Come on, no, ain't none, and don't, don't none of y'all know Jesus because I'm excited. And they look at me like, we got to perform an exorcism, something's wrong with that boy. We look at real Christianity as radical. Man, that's crazy. That man's telling people about Jesus. That's what true Christianity is. We should be looking at people that are not doing that and be like, man, what's wrong with you? Get up off your butt and serve God. Y'all with me? Somebody pick your feet up because some of your toes are hurting, but I'm sorry. I'm just preaching the word. Matthew 3, Mark 3. I'm going to preach Matthew bad, but Mark 3. says another time, Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. And some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. Mm, that's a sermon right there. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, he said, stand up in front of everyone. And then Jesus asked him, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. And he looked around at them in anger, and he was deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. And he said to the man, he said, stretch out your hand. He stretched, out, he stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with Herodians how they might kill Jesus. You see, religion, in that, in, in that parable there, the part about people that are religious, what they do is they just destroy the purposes of Christ. Instead of seeing what Jesus was doing, Jesus was like, he was wanting to bring hope into this man's life. This man had been walking around with this infirmity his whole life. Walking around feeling like he wasn't good enough, feeling like he was less than perfect. And some of you may not know how that feels, to feel empty inside. But I do. You walk around life feeling empty, feeling like you don't belong, feeling like, you, like, like there's something messed up with you, like, like you're jacked. I don't know what's going on. You feel less. You feel like everybody shuns you. That's how that man felt. And Jesus was like, hey, stand up. Well, would it be better for me to heal this man or leave him the way he is? And the religious people were so worried about their, their perfect rules, they didn't say anything. 
How many people come in to the church and they're looking for hope, they're looking for guidance, but because they don't fit in our little religious box, we let them leave the same way they came in. They should see us pleading the blood of Jesus every single week, wanting to see them changed and different. But why do we remain silent? Why? Religion kills the purpose of Christ. I mean, it's not about living about the rules. So many people turn it into a legalistic thing, but it's about pursuing Jesus. And more, the more you pursue God, the more you're going to get the rules right. Amen? The more you read God's word, the more you're going to know what it means to please God. And it's about pleasing God instead of making sure you got all the boxes checked. The reason you're trying to check the boxes is because you're trying to work your way to heaven, and you can't work your way to heaven. Jesus came and paid the penalty of our sins so that if we believe, trust, and follow him, we will have eternal life. I'm so tired of people saying, I believe in Jesus. Great, the devil and the demons do too, but they don't follow him either. And if you don't keep on, if you don't start following him and really follow him, guess what? You're going to wind up the same way with the devil and the demons. You're going to be in hell. And I know hell ain't a, ain't a topic people like to preach about, but I preach on it pretty regularly. Because you know what? The horrors of hell is not, is not the fire and the brimstone. The horrors of hell is being separated from God for eternity. That's why hell is so horrible. That's why I don't want to go there. I don't want anybody that I know and love to go there. That's why I preach the way I do. That's why I live the way I do. That's why I try every single day to pursue God more than I want to pursue the things that I want because I want Jesus glorified. Let me tell you something. When you get out of bed in the morning, you're doing one or two things. Either you're glorifying yourself or you're glorifying God. And you get to choose every day. God gives you the option to choose. Religion says, make you look good. Jesus says, humble yourself and make me look good. Let me tell you something. I did not want to go to that jail yesterday. I hate going to jail. Some of y'all should amen me on that one. Somebody, somebody stood up and said, praise Jesus, I ain't there right now. But anyhow, I don't like it. I, I went in there and I was like, I'm, I'm in this place and I'm, this homeboy ain't took a bath in five days and it was, it was smelling, it was bad. And I was like, he was like, hey man. I'm like, hey, good. Nice to see you, brother. Pat him on the back. You know, I just, I didn't like to be there, but it took me out of my comfort zone. And when right in front of me, that man started breaking down crying, telling me that, about his life and about what's going on. I was like, you know what? Sabrina's going to be mad because I'm going to be late for supper. I wanted to stay there all day, all day, and tell that man the goodness of God. But religion says, you know what, you don't have time for that. Your schedule is more important than this man's salvation. We've got to quit being a people all about religion and really start following and being led by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. I said a while ago, and I'll say it again because I can't say it enough, but people that they had this religious spirit about them that, that always are looking down on the people. If you've, this morning, if you're always looking to, to point the finger at people, if, just like the Pharisees, if you're always looking for something to go wrong in somebody's life, you've forgotten what God brought you out of, if God brought you out of anything. Because I remember before, I ain't, going to, I ain't doing this because I know what that one's doing. I ain't doing that because I know what this one's doing. I'm not doing this because I know what that one's doing. I was so worried about what they were doing, and I didn't even look at what I was doing. We need to stop looking at everybody else 
and when you start looking up. Because Jesus is the only one that's going to change you. I realize that one of my biggest frustrations as a pastor now is church people. It is. Church people, they're the biggest, biggest, I mean, people that know they lost, let me tell you something, they're going to get right with God and they're going to follow him. But people that come to church every single week thinking that they're good enough, they're going to bust hell wide open. And it bothers me because those are the people that turn people away from Christ. Those are the people that turn people away from Jesus. They come in and out every single week painting this picture that they all this in a, in a bag of rocks, or a box of candy, whatever you want to say, but they, 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 they paint that they all this and they leave out and they're fake. And somebody that's truly lost, they want to know Christ, they come in and they see that person raising their hands or, doing, or, or praying and then when they leave, they see the fakeness and they're like, you know what? That's powerless. God's called us, church, to be the light of the world. If he wanted us to be a vessel which sent people to condemnation, he would have never sent Jesus. Religion is just like Satan. It kills, steals, and destroys. But Jesus uplifts. Amen? Jesus rebuilds. Jesus transforms. Jesus makes the difference. How many of you have been coming in and out every single week and not being filled? Religion says, look, it's okay. It's okay you didn't get nothing today. It's okay you didn't get nothing. No, it's not okay. We should desire to be different, amen? We should desire to to make a change. We should desire to say, Lord Jesus, use me more today than you did yesterday. We are supposed to be the light of the world. We just got through preaching through 1 Peter. Chapter 2, it says that he created us to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Well, if he's called you out of light, you don't want people to remain in darkness, do you? And what I realize is so many people are still in darkness, but they think they're in the light. God's called you to make a difference. God's called you to change. God's called your life to be transformative, not just going through the motions every single week. And religion fools you in making you think that you can be okay. You can come to church and you can be okay. No, it's only through a relationship with Jesus Christ that makes you right before God. Every single morning, waking up hungry for God to make a difference in your life. Every single day, waking up hungry to be different than you were yesterday. I don't want to settle for where I am right now. To be a Christian means I'm following Christ. That means I'm walking closer to Jesus today than I did yesterday. If you find yourself this morning, Christian, if you find yourself this morning, you got baptized and you got and you, you, you prayed the prayer, but that's all you've done. You need to start making some more steps. That's what we always preach about taking your next step here. Because if you're stagnant, you're not growing. And most of the time, if you're not growing, you truly don't know Jesus. Because the whole time that I wasn't growing, I didn't know Christ. And it's not this thing of, oh, well, I go to this 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 booming church, this fancy church, this new church. I'm, 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 I'm in the in crowd. I don't care about that. I want you to go to heaven. When I get there, I want you to high five me in the gates of glory and be like, I made it and I'm here. We're here together. And look at everybody we brought with us. That's what God's called us to be. 
But what religion does, if we say, I'm okay with where I am, I'm okay with the comfortability, I don't want to step out of my comfort zone and do anything contrary to what everybody thinks. So I'm going to sit my butt on this pew, and I don't care if everybody goes to hell, I'm only worried about myself. And we've got to get out of that. Because Jesus created you to proclaim the excellencies of him to the darkness around you. And if he's called you out of, the, out of the darkness and you're in the light, you know what it's like to be in the dark. And some of you have been in the light so long you forgot what darkness felt like. And it's easy to cast judgment on people. It's easy to look down upon people. But God's called us to walk out of that. This morning as I close... I just want you to know that Jesus is the only way. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody gets to the Father except through me. He didn't say through Christianity. He didn't say through the Baptist denomination. He didn't say through the Methodist denomination. He said through me. And if we're not following Christ, we're going to end up dead, dying, and bankrupt. We're going to wake up one morning thinking that we're all right. We're going to wind up in hell when we wake up one day. This isn't just coming in and being a part of a club. This is, this is eternity that's at stake here, church. When I read these parables, uh, there's three different hearts I see right here. I see the hardened heart of the religious person that's saying, you know what, I'm okay with the little bit of Jesus I have right now. I'm okay with just this little bit. I want to I remain bitter. I want to remain hateful. I want to remain the same way I am because I just want enough of Jesus to have fire insurance. And if that's you this morning, you don't really know Jesus. There's the heart of a, of a humble man. The man with a shriveled hand. He could have gave out his good hand and pretended everything was okay, but instead he put out the bad one. And this morning you can put out your good hand and you can say, you know what, I've got it all together. I'm good. Or you can really humble yourself and be transparent before the Holy Spirit this morning and say, you know what, I'm jacked up, I'm messed up, and I need you, Jesus, to make me whole. And the only way we're going to make the impact that God's called this church to make an impact is we got to say, Jesus, make me whole today. But you got to want it. You got to desire it. One of the things that gets me is Jesus got upset the most with those who thought they were good. And the point ain't about being good. It's about being faithful and about following Jesus Christ. So there's people in this room right now that you've been walking in and out of these doors and you're still dry. You're still, you don't know Christ. You're still bankrupt. You've been going back in through the motions. You've never been filled with the Spirit. You've never felt that release, that peace. You've been searching for peace, but you don't know it. You've been looking for love in all the wrong places. You've been trying to figure out how to quench this, this the depravity that's in the gut of your stomach. You don't know what to do. I'm telling you today, surrender your life to Jesus Christ and He will give you rest. He will give you rest. And I ask you this morning, why don't you step out and make that profession of faith? Why don't you change, Christian? People procrastinate all the time. And you know what? I'm sick of the word procrastination. Because there's, no, it's really, there's really no such thing as procrastination in my book. If I told you this morning, if you show up back at this church in the morning, at five, at five o'clock, I'll give you $3 million. You know what time you'd be here? 4.59. 
You can't get on time nowhere else you go, but you're going to be here at 459. You know why? Because you're driven by that money. You're not going to procrastinate. You're not going to miss it. The reason that you keep on putting things off, the reason that you say you tell, keep telling the Holy Spirit no is because you don't think it matters. Because it's not important to you. Jesus didn't die for you to sit on a pew and, don't, and feel like he's not important. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the beginning, the end. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He made you in your mother's womb. He knew what you were going to be. He knew the struggles you were going to go through in life. It's like nothing hit him by surprise. And he knows right where you are today. Stop acting like you're fooling God by putting on this fake mask. Surrender your life to Jesus and feel the freedom that only following Jesus can give you today. I want to ask you this morning, if you're tired of feeling bankrupt, if you're tired of putting this mask on, feeling like you got it together, if you're tired and you need some peace, you need some security, you need to know that you are saved and following Jesus Christ, I, want to, I just want to encourage you, trade in that religion for Jesus this morning. If you want that this morning, raise your hand saying, that's me, I want to follow Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, anybody else? Amen. 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 Yes, ma'am. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Woo, that's awesome right there. Anybody else? The ice is broke. Anybody else? Come on. Freedom is found in the name of Jesus. Y'all come on. If you want to follow him, raise your hand. Let's follow him. Let's do this thing. Amen. Amen. Whew, I don't know what just happened, but that was awesome. Mm. 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 And now that leaves the rest of us. <clears throat> I'm going to close. But church, God's called us to be the light of the world. He didn't call me to be the light. He called us to be the light. He's called you to get off your butt and start serving God. He's called you to be the light of the world. Stop giving excuses why you're not reading God's word, why you're not pressing into him, why you're continuing to be okay with where you are. Billy says it. Brandon says it. I say it. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And if you're struggling with sin today, let me tell you a little secret. My God can deliver you of that. But you got to want it out. You got to desire Jesus more than this sin you're in. If you're living in a way that don't please God, Christian, won't you come down to this altar and say, God, deliver me from this. God, give me the courage to step out. God wants us to be transparent, real followers of Jesus, not these fake posers that keep coming in and out of this door. I want to give my life, my community life. I want people to see that I'm the real deal. I don't want people to look at me and say, I don't want that because he's fake. And if you're struggling today, don't sit on that pew. Come to this altar before the face and feet of Jesus. Come and there's a prayer team. People will pray over you, lay hands over you, pray for you. There's things in your life that you need to be delivered of. Don't sit there and keep wallowing in it. Give it to God. That's what this church service is for. Amen. So when I start praying, you start moving. It's all about you. All about what you want. Do you want to follow Christ or do you want to stay religious? Father God, we come right now, Lord, boldly and unshamedly, Lord. I praise you, Jesus, for those people that just raised their hand and went from death to life, God. 
And Father, I don't know how many, and it don't matter, but God, I just pray, Lord, that those of us in this room would see the commitment that they made. And Lord, we would look back at the, 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 how we are, Lord. God, are we real today? God, are we just walking in this religious sphere, looking down our nose at the people? God, have we forgotten, Lord, where you brought us from, Lord Jesus? God, change us today. God, break us today. Father, make us what you want us to be, Lord. God, help us every day wake up hungry for you, Lord. I pray, God, that if we're not hungry, God, I pray that you would put that hunger in us like we never had. God, I pray for the people right here in this room, God, that refuse to humble themselves. I pray right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you make their days long and sleepless, Lord, until they humble themselves before you, Lord God. Because eternity is too long, God. And life is too short for them to play this religious game anymore, Lord. God, help us as a church be on fire for you. Help us, God, take you serious, Lord. Help us, God, take you at your word, Lord. God, your word says that you came to seek and save the lost. And, God, we should be that same vessel, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would put a a passion and a desire in us like we've never had before, Lord, to reach the community for you, Lord. But, Lord, also, well, I pray, God, that you put a hunger in us as Connection Church to be more, just more intentional with our walk with you, Lord. I pray, God, that we would be like the faces. When people look at us, we would have a face like Stephen. People can look at the glow on our faces and know that we have been in your presence, Lord. Father God, I just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would deliver those right now, Lord. God, those that are at this altar, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Those that that are are, are bound by addiction, those that may be bound, Lord, by by some kind of sin, Lord, they can't seem to be set free from, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus you would release them of it, God. God, help us be transparent. God, help us be real. God, change us. In Jesus' name, amen.